0: Thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked on Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. This episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And once again, guys, also loving the show, too, as we have 24-7 sports Stephen Brooks on to join us. But first, <laughs> what? College football ranking talk? MSU in there? Okay, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans. Your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday. That's right, happy hump day, you beautiful, sensational Spartan fans and also even more so, you fantastic Locked On Spartans listener. Or listeners, I guess if you're listening in a group, that would make sense as well. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Spartans. That's right, your team every single day. We do this five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. And uh yeah, guys, just like we said, right up top in the intro, we got Steven Brooks of 24-7 Sports in to join us, as he does every single week, just spreading his football knowledge as far as the eye can see here on this podcast. So, yeah, we talk about, well, the last uh, little game that MSU played. And, yeah, we also take a quick look ahead to Purdue as well. But before getting there, uh, two things. One is housekeeping. That's right. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That's right. This is Locked on Spartans. If you ever have any questions, comments, and I've gotten a lot of those uh, the last few days, thank you so much. Uh, I guess I should give the email, too. Uh, Spartans at gmail.com is where to find me. And the second thing is, too, guys, I really want to thank you. No, not for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day, although I do thank you for that. But actually, uh, it is official. Last week's uh, were like just all five shows. Last week was the biggest week that this show has ever had in Lockdown Spartans history. And I just want to thank you guys so much for making that possible. Uh, you guys are the best listener base out there. I uh, love every single one of you. And also, massive thank you to our guests, too. So, it's two things. It's it's you guys, the awesome listeners, and it's also the sensational guests that were very generous with their time and knowledge too last week as well. So just wanted to mention that before we get to college football playoff talk. Michigan State number three in the college football rankings. That's right. These were the first college football rankings of the season coming up, and yeah, I thought like Michigan State would be five, and I would not have been upset with that. It, Seems pretty reasonable. Um, I'll do you two better, though. How about number three overall? That's right. Uh, let's go over the top ten really quick. It's Georgia, of course. It's in it. 8-0. That'll do it. Then number two, Alabama. Number three, Michigan State. So that's right. If the playoff started today, great. It would be another MSU-Alabama <laughs> matchup. Uh, number four, Oregon. Number five, Ohio State. And that makes sense. Both teams are 7-1. and one. Let's go with the team that actually won that heads-up matchup. Uh, and then this is where it gets just fascinating and upsetting if you're a Bearcats fan. Uh, number 6 is Cincinnati, sitting at 8-0. Number 7 is Michigan. This is where it just gets silly now. Uh, number 8, Oklahoma. 9-0, and Oklahoma getting ranked number 8 as if they play in the fun belt. That is unbelievable. You might as well be in the Big Sky if you're nine zero and being ranked number eighth by the playoff committee. And this isn't some, you know, like for example, number nine Wake Forest, uh, who is having a generational year, like ragtag year, like oh my god, this is coming out of nowhere. Like Oklahoma has constant appearances in the college football playoff, and for the committee to just say, yeah, screw it, they're nine and zero. No, they're they're eighth. It's still not impressive to us. And then to round it out. Uh, Number 10, Notre Dame. So, uh, I've said this a few weeks ago, and and if you missed it, I essentially said, I will start to believe that Michigan State will make the college football playoff if they're undefeated going into Columbus and are carrying a double-digit lead into halftime of that game. And i got to take a hard pause here, actually. Because while I still do believe that, obviously there's a lot of football left to be played and these initial rankings don't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. However, they kind of tell me that there, there might be a crack in the door for a one-loss Michigan State team should that happen. Should they lose to Ohio State but take care of business against Purdue, against Maryland, against Penn State. Uh, play with me here. Here's a scenario. A lot of things are going to have to happen, but it's not completely out of the world. Uh, Alabama loses in the SEC title game. Okay, that puts them at two losses. I, I don't necessarily think a two-loss team will ever get in the College Football Playoff this season it'll happen eventually. I just don't think it happens this year. Um, Let's say uh, Oregon falters one more time. Okay. And that puts them at two losses. Uh, Just okay. I'm going down the list here. Cincinnati loses. Okay. Yep. You got one loss. It's very clear that the committee does not take you and your group of five status that seriously. Uh, That has been made apparent in years past and well, they've doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on it by ranking you outside the top four right now in your initial rankings. Oklahoma, if you lose, okay, very clearly you're out because they rank you number eight. You might as well be a, a peewee team. And Wake Forest, yeah, if you lose, okay. So that's asking for a lot. That's asking for Alabama to lose, Oregon to lose, Oklahoma to lose, Cincinnati to lose, Wake Forest to lose. Is that really, though, too out of the question? Is that really too out of it? Because that leaves Michigan State right now, you know, top team, squarely in the playoff right now, uh, if, if they were to... Finish the season at 11 and one with their only loss to Ohio State. Could it be a college football playoff where two Big Ten teams get in, just one SEC team, and then what have you, Cincinnati or Oklahoma or Wake Forest? I'm saying like one loss, M- MSU. I, I'm kind of, kind of not feeling too bad about that actually. I mean, it, it yeah, sure, it's maybe like a 13.8 percent chance that happens, but. Holy smoke, that's a higher chance than I thought it would be. So yeah, I just wanted to give a quick breakdown of the culture ball rankings uh really quick before we get to our guy Steven Brooks. Um yeah, so again, hey, let's let's all check ourselves here. And I'm I'm saying this on be like for me, like I need to check myself too. Uh a lot of football has to be played, but whew, wow. See the Spartans at number three? Oh, that was a nice surprise. That was a nice surprise. And not only that, but just to see how low they think of Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Wake Forest. Okay. Okay. Committee likes themselves some Big Ten. They like themselves some green and white. They love themselves some Spartans. So, we'll see if that pays dividends here. All right. Well, yeah. On that note, uh, I guess uh, we should t- uh, start our talk with Stephen Brooks, shall we? Folks, my interview with Braylon Edwards' father fell through at the last minute, so I scrambled and found the next best person for the job here. And, of course, I'm talking about 24-7 sports. Stephen Brooks, he is on the line. Stephen, how we doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm kind of sad that fell through, but uh, in this case, I'm happy to be a consolation. Uh, always, always a good time uh, coming on here.
0: What was the atmosphere like uh, from your end? I mean, you are obviously behind what quadruple pane glass windows in the press box, but was that the most just insane atmosphere that you've seen at Spartan stadium on Saturday or is there one opposite?
1: It was right up there, you know, and that's what I've told people and I've asked people that were there. Like it's actually kind of weird because um, and you've been up there, so you know. And like you, 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 you were dead on there. Like it's that that glass, like, could survive a nuclear bomb. So you can hardly hear. Um, you can hardly no hear the crowd, really. But I could this time. So, I went with, long story short, if I can hear the crowd, then I know it has to be loud. Because just under general circumstances, you know, even big plays or whatever, like you hear like a little, you know, sort of a, a low uh, rumble, you know, maybe. But uh, you, we could hear it pretty loud and clear. And like I said, that's how I know. Um, cause generally it, it is, it stays really quiet up there somehow. I don't know what, what what's up with that design or whatever, but it, it actually really is hard to tell. So yeah, it was packed. Um, it was packed early. You know, I, I gotta say again, uh, the students have been showing out this year and they've oh, yeah. taken a they lot have. of grief for a lot of years. Um, you know, maybe the, the year, one year hiatus, you know, has a lot to do with it. I don't know. Probably the team of course has a lot to do with it and, and all the energy around the program, but they have showed up um and, and showed out like every week they've they've packed that thing up in their corner um yeah it seemed uh, it was right up there in terms of noise you know i think it was the only other thing i could really remember was so i was in the stands for little giants as a student um
0: oh that'll do it yep. that was that yep. was very
1: loud <laughs> but just to compare it, uh the the Sacamania Devin gardner minus 80 yards drive uh, in 2013 <laughs> or whatever it was Uh, that that sequence (laughs) was probably the only other thing that would compare to like uh, that last Kenneth Walker touchdown run. Maybe. Yeah, it, it was up there. It was big time.
0: Be right back in a hot second with our guy, Stephen Brooks, but first need to talk to you beautiful folks about prize picks. That's right. We're talking prize picks, the leader in daily sports, sorry, college sports, daily fantasy. That's on me guys. Sorry. Prize picks. Offering more cultural props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid major players you might have never even heard of. So, how do you play it? Well, go to the App Store or Google Play. That's right, guys. And then you, well, of course, download the app. And then from there, of course, you gotta deposit your money, but not without using promo code LOCKED ON. That's right, smashing promo code LOCKED ON, all in word, and that is gonna give you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So from there, you pick two to five players and over under on their projected stats like touchdowns or rushing yards or interceptions thrown, stuff like that. And then you can win up to 10 times on any entry, it's just you against the projected numbers. You're not going up against anyone's team or anything like that. No, no, nope it's you against the numbers, baby. Uh, and guys, I mean, this could all be done in 60 seconds or less. It is very quick, very easy, and best of all, they offer safe and fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate, check out Prize Picks and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And also guys, that's right, ba 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 This episode is brought to you by the fine folks of McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Guys, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. I mean... I know that you listen. I, I know that you've gone to McDonald's after a, a big game, whether it be a your local high school game or a massive Michigan State game, because yeah, I mean, hey, you could get yourself a awesome, awesome bag of food. <laughs> just God, the, the drive-through after a Michigan State game just hits. Or if you're looking to sit down somewhere and just really like, just kind of chill, well, hey, go get yourself a coffee, connect to their Wi-Fi, and yeah, take a load off for the next uh, 45 minutes or three hours or however long that they have to, because McDonald's is there for you. They're there for the communities. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or away team can even come to recharge. Uh, God, McDonald's is the best. Uh, worked there for four years back in high school. would always see, you know, the, the regulars there, and they're always just the nicest people. And how can you not have a smile on your face when you're walking into McDonald's? Uh, so head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Lockdown Spartans watch party? Hmm. All right, here we go. That's right, guys. McDonald's, serving community since 1965, and we cannot thank them enough for their support. And honestly, I can't thank them enough for making great food and awesome coffee. Very underrated coffee. It's the best. So, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And I'm also loving you guys. Making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked on Spartans podcast. That's right, baby. Free and available where you get your podcast. All right, let's get back to our guy, Stephen Brooks. Uh, safe to say the Kenneth Walker-Heisman campaign is, is back on track, right? I was starting to get a little nervous after Indiana. I thought, oh my, okay, the, the book might be out on not not just Kenneth Walker, but how to contain him and how to exploit the offensive line and yada, yada, yada. Um, Is he – okay, I'm going to get way ahead of myself here, even though there's four, just four games left in the season. But, wow, it really feels like he at least locked up a trip to New York, right? Unless he gets super bottled up like these last four weeks. Or am I just – Am I still just way too high in the moment right now on 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 what happened Saturday?
1: He's absolutely put himself in that lead position uh, t- in terms of getting a, a, an invite out there. Um, he still has work to do, though. You know, like you said, I mean, he can't go out and rush for he can't average eighty yards over these last four games in, in the college. So you know, <laughs> he's gonna he probably actually can realistically he'll probably only have one game you know of, of under a hundred yards the rest of the the rest of the way here. Uh, to be honest, um, unless maybe you know he goes for two fifty and two of them and 80 and two. I don't know, but he's, he's still got work to do. Um, There's just, there's no, you know, he's being helped by of course, not being a great field necessarily. And that's not a slight to him, but it's just hard for a running back to win it these days. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's very hard for a player to Michigan state at Michigan state to win it as history shows us. So uh, it is a perfect field and situation sort of for him to, to seize control of that. And, uh, and like I said, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think as of right now, he's, if you were sending out the invites today, he's absolutely getting one. And um, like you said, I mean, you kind of worried, you didn't know what way it was going to go. And then obviously he has a monster game against, in the biggest game for this program. And it was more of the same though. Like the numbers are great. And like, that's what a lot of people are probably buzzing about, you know, that they haven't followed this team, but it was more of that regular Kenneth Walker magic that we've become accustomed to. I mean, he was doing some things like just making stuff happen. Almost on his own. He's been doing that a lot of this season. I mean, uh, he's at about he's at just under twelve hundred yards now. I, you know, if he had, uh, you know, uh, one of the great like Notre Dame or Oklahoma lines in the last few years, or one of the better Alabama lines, I mean, he'd be at sixteen hundred probably right now, like fairly easily. So I say all that to say he's he's doing a lot of this himself. I mean, of course they, he's getting blocking, right. them, but then the receivers. I got to tip my cap to them. They, they've been they've been blocking their tails off all year. And that's been really impressive to watch. But as we all know, like pick your favorite Kenneth Walker play. You know, he's, he's done so much of that himself when it's get to the second level, shake that guy, sprint to the outside, outrun the DB, you know, it, it, there's so much that he's doing uh, just in the open field by himself. And that more than anything, I think is why he should absolutely be in the thick of this race. Cause if we're talking about the best player in college football, man, he's doing a whole heck of a lot with, with, you know, just kind of a middle of the pack line.
0: So, who gets second place for you then on Saturday for who impressed you the most or who stood out to you the most? We've asked some sort of iteration of this question time and time again to you on this podcast after games. Okay, Kenneth Walker, yeah, he gets first place, five touchdowns. Is it like the offensive line, though? Because, yeah, it wasn't like a stellar game, but just like we said before the game, like they just had to play an okay game. And I was a little nervous about that, especially against Michigan's front seven. But they did what they had to do to get the job done, or was it someone on the defensive end, like a guy like H- uh, Henderson, Brantley, Quavo? I'll stop rambling, and I'll, I'll just let you spill your uh, football genius all, all over the place. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think any of those guys that you named, um, I, I was impressed by Quavares uh, Crouch. Um, you know, that fourth down, that, that botched punt that they had, uh, I mean, he just comes out of oh, nowhere like great. that. Runaway train and then and then hits him, you know, like a freight train. Um, just blasts him out of bounds there. And it's like, yep, that's it. You know, that's anybody that's uh <laughs> that's wondering why he's out there or why does nobody else play. It's like that right there. I'm just gonna pull that clip up every time because when you got a dude like that, he can make up for some mistakes uh like that. You know, like the the flip of a switch. So that's why um he impressed me. I mean, he had 13 tackles to lead the team. He was he was a lot of dudes, but, but him, he was part of it where we're just hitting hard, you know, and there's been a couple of games this year where you're just like, these guys are, they're just smacking these guys, and this was one of those games. Um, Xavier Henderson, for sure, and and yeah, I gotta shout out Char- uh, Chuck Brantley, too, because he did not play a lot, you know, and uh, I was asking some of his teammates and, and whatnot after the game, like, here's a true freshman, you know, and of course, uh, he's related to Herb Haygood, so he has a, a, an understanding of this rivalry, but true freshman late in the game out there games on the line your biggest rivals driving for the win and you got a you know 165 pounds uh, true freshman out there and then boom he he, he ices it and, and calls game uh, with a really impressive one-handed pick really just smart read by him i mean yes. and as soon as he got in like what late third quarter mid third quarter he came in on a drive and just started smacking people too like i want to just talk about the physicality um he came in right away and just started hitting people and uh, that's that's kind of his M.O., of course. But, um, yeah, he he really impressed me. Uh, and he's as the future is really bright. I think for him, he's going to be a really nice player because he already does a lot, you know, in sort of a small package. And once he can, um, re- you know, work on his body a little bit in the weight room, adds, add a little more meat on his bones. Um, I think it's going to be a I think he's, he's going to be really exciting to watch in the, in the coming years.
0: So do you think there's any threat of Kimbra possibly maybe not losing a starting job, but losing massive, massive reps to Brantley? Or is it kind of like what he said at the end there? Is he still just not you know, physically big enough and up to it to take that role? But I don't know, because like that, that's kind of how I saw it unfold in the third quarter. Like, uh, Kimbra, I, okay, we're going to be replacing you with Brantley here down the stretch. Do um, think that's a long-term thing, or is that just a game-by-game thing?
1: I, th- I could see it happening. I could see him overtaking him for sure. So um, I don't have a ton of details, but I know uh, Brantley was a little dinged up in October, and that's why we didn't – at least partially why we didn't see him. Ah. Um, I think he was sort of available like in an emergency capacity in, in a few of those games, so he missed uh, Indiana and Rutgers. And so, um, yeah, he was dinged up to some degree. Uh, but, yeah, if he's if he's fully healthy now, I could absolutely see him pushing for that. They clearly trust him. Um, you know, the one thing is he, he just is so small, even though he'll – he's got no fear in him. Uh, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of bite, you know, to him, but uh, he is just so small. So if you want to play him 60 snaps a game, you know, do you end up, does it, does that lack of, does that, does his size sort of end up biting you somehow? Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a six, three, six, four receiver blocking him or something, and he just, there's just nothing he can do. Um, I don't know. Obviously Kimbrough has a lot of experience, but yeah, I would, I would think that'd be an ongoing uh, evaluation, ongoing competition type of thing and Brantley or Marky Lowry. You know, I I heard uh, at different times that both of those guys, Brantley and, and Lowry, um, might have been starters. You know, coming out of the coming out of fall camp, um, but Lowry got hurt, and uh, Brantley was just again just a, a little bit light. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think that'll continue to be a situation where they uh, where they compete and rotate. And, and on the other end, I think Ronald Williams is, has gotten better as the years gone on um, by a pretty pretty good amount. So I think he's probably safe. But yeah, that other spot uh, definitely one to watch moving forward.
0: And this is going to be a tough one to answer just because the sample size was not big enough on Saturday. And, oh, there's a lot of names for who can replace Jalen Adler. we, we got to start talking about one of the only bad things that happened on Saturday. No idea how long he's going to be out for, but who do you suspect steps up for him? And, I mean, listen, no one's going to replace him, but do you think there's anyone on this roster that could maybe not completely Kill all of our hope that, hey, the offense is uh, not going to be completely dynamic like it just was.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think there's a lot, actually. Um, I've you know, you, folks can go back and check the archives, but I've been very high on their receiver depth, uh Well, you know, going well back in the preseason. You have. Yeah. And have. Uh, for some reason, they don't. I mean, maybe they, maybe I'm higher than, than the coaches because they don't play any of them. But uh they're gonna have to now. Um they don't have another guy like Speedy Nader, you know, that's sort of the thing, of course. Like he's kind of unique right. in his in his regard. But I absolutely think that they can um by committee, you know, uh, make up for his production, you know, or even if it's not by committee, but yeah, I think they can I think they can withstand a loss of him um if he's out for any amount of time. Uh Montori Foster was the guy who came in for him and I would expect him to to get the start here. Um, playing on the outside, I think I think they'll keep Trey Mosley in there as the slot and, and as, as the third guy. Um, I wouldn't expect them to to change up too much there. Maybe I guess maybe they go back to the drawing board, but yeah, Montori Foster, I think will get the first look. He's a guy who he was sort of one of the uh, what do you want to say like uh, uh, he, he was just a guy in fall camp that got a lot of buzz, and again, we just haven't seen much mm-hmm. of him. But uh, folks were really excited about what he was doing. And if you remember, you know, he only played football his senior year of high school. He hadn't played since, like, middle school before that. So he's still very raw um, as a second-year college player. But a lot of folks were really uh, excited about the traits and physical gifts that he brought to that. And then, you know, it's it's Terry Lockett, um, Christian Fitzpatrick we haven't seen in a little bit. Maybe Keon Coleman. Cade um, McDonald can get in there. Like, I, I, I just think uh, they can – they can piece it together. Like I said, if it has to be by committee, then, then they got enough guys I think that can produce for
0: him. Is it time to drop the top and take Ricky White for a spin? Is it time to unleash Ricky White or is the chance of him ever being seen <laughs> on a field from Michigan State slim to none and slim just left? I, I imagine I, I'd, that's the case, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything there, but I would just think that uh, I know he wasn't practicing for, I still don't know if he's returned to practice. So. I know he didn't start the so season. So he's
0: got really way. fresh legs then. He's got really yeah, fresh legs. I, just, I, I wouldn't okay.
1: expect uh, somebody that has missed a good, you know, all of camp and, and half the season or more or whatever to, to be able to walk in. And, again, I mean, the way – you know, would he, would he even be the best option versus a, a Foster or Fitzpatrick, right. guys who have been right. practicing and are in game shape and everything, you know. So um, don't know what to tell you there, but I wouldn't think he's the answer <laughs> this week.
0: Be right back with our guy, Stephen Brooks, but first need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right, guys. Uh, we have been talking about Built Bar for quite some time and for good reason. Uh, it is the best tasting protein bar in the whole world and I will not even entertain an argument about that. No. Uh, if, if you're a big like protein bar person, you have probably been robbing yourself if you have not had Built Bar. You're probably stuck eating those oh god it it tastes like pencil shavings wrapped up in a weird waxy thing they call chocolate Uh, and you're just choking it down the entire time but that is not the Built Bar experience no Built Bar uses 100% chocolate on the outside and when you bite into it it is a soft soft sensation of actually the flavor that's written on the wrapper because sometimes you have a protein bar and it's flavorless even though on the front it says like chocolate chip mega crunch or something like that I don't know whatever ridiculous protein parts you guys are eating, but built bar will take care of your taste buds and also take care of your body. That's right guys. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. So you're getting all the healthy benefits on top of treating your taste buds. Check out the flavors, coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate and cherry barcia. Uh, they say to name my favorite flavor. I, I just did. They're all incredible. Like they're all incredible. Um, Actually, that's kind of why I've started to like coconut. I was not a coconut fan in my entire life until I had a built Bar, and I was like, oh, my God. this is, this is really good. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you, built Bar, for welcoming coconut into my life. Um, also, guys, thank you, built Bar, for saving us some sweet, sweet moolah. That's right. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. One more time, guys. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at com. And also i to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.ag. We are back. We're better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this fall and winter. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do it? Well, it. it's very easy. Just smash in promo code locked on. It's one word, locked on, and that will unlock your 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, and golf, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. And that way to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline.ag, where the game begins. And this is our conversation with Stephen Brooks of Twenty Four Seven Sports. I guess we can start to turn the page. Um, I, like you're, you're a, an esteemed journalist. You're a very professional. You're non-biased. <laughs> but for a clown like me, I've been on cloud nine. But eventually, the turn, or the, the turn, the page has to be turned. Rather, to the next week. Uh, Purdue, classic trap game. Are, like, have you dove into that game much yet? Or like, how how do you just see this one shaping out for, for the Spartans coming up on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it is kind of that that classic thing. And um, Mel was actually here when uh, what ninety eight, I think, when they lost to Purdue after beating uh, was it Michigan or Ohio State or?
0: Um, oh man, had, Ohio a, had a huge State, win. I yeah,
1: uh, I want to say yeah, it was Ohio State, and then they lost to to Purdue the next week. And uh, he literally stood at the podium, and somebody asked, <laughs> I think somebody referenced that at the press conference yesterday. He stood up there for probably like a solid. Minute and a half, two minutes, just reading off results of unranked Purdue beating ranked teams. Going back to, I, I, I sort of, I sort of, uh, I sort of uh, tuned it out at one point because he was just going on and I, but he went back <laughs> to like the sixties, the fifties, I think. Like he was just reading off, you know, all the context of all these wins that they have over ranked teams when they're unranked. Um, so you better believe that he had, you know, the scroll of uh, previous results ready for his team um i do think that the uh the stakes and this is something i sort of asked them about is you know of course the the week after michigan is always a topic for michigan state and how do they react and blah 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 and i think the stakes you know with the playoff rankings coming out tonight um i think that is something that can just sort of keep people in line like hey we really got something going here you know and we might you know we might have overachieved for some people or maybe even to ourselves but like we're so close to the finish line now like you know, it, it sounds simplistic and dumb, but it's like, we're so close to the finish Like, why not go for it right. all, you know? So I think yeah. that there's an effect of, of that there of like, man, like, you know, everything that we might want can actually come true now if we just hold it together. Um, in terms of Purdue, it's weird because they're actually a, 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 a defensive-focused team, which just as a program has almost never been the case. I mean, we all know them as the mm-hmm. cradle of quarterbacks and, and uh, you know, the spread offense pioneers and everything uh they do like a weird three ro- three quarterback uh derby thing on offense um david bell the receiver is one of the best in the big 10 he's going to be a problem uh so we'll see uh you know who's matched up on him and how they sort of defend him um uh, but he is he is a legitimate difference maker and then uh you know another they got another another problem at defensive end in george Karloftis this week and so maybe yeah. maybe facing Aiden hutchinson and him back to back is a good thing and they can sort of uh you know, assess what worked, what didn't, what they want to do with somebody like that. But, I mean, he's a he's a, a first or second round NFL type of guy too. So they got some talent. Um, but, like I said, I just – I wouldn't think that the focus would be an issue. I wouldn't think. Just the way that Tucker and these coaches operate, they are very, very good at getting guys to just sort of lock in on the task at hand. And, uh, you know, I, I know he, he uh, turned the knob up for Michigan week in practice and everything, and he was just saying yesterday, you know, basically almost pounding the table and was just saying, we got to take it up two more notches this week. Like he, he absolutely gets all the psychological things in play here, and what he has to do to to get the team to stay sharp and everything. So that would be surprising if if mentally and focus wise they sort of came out um, distracted or whatever. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Yeah, Purdue's a good enough team; they can beat them. You know, <laughs> they can beat yeah, Michigan State. I'm saying they're, they're no pushover. Yeah. Uh, all four teams left on the schedule can beat Michigan State, but I think Michigan State can beat all four whether they will of course I mean I wouldn't predict that but but yeah this this is no pushover game for sure
0: it's just crazy like going back to the start of the season if you told me like oh hey you you're gonna go to the Outback Bowl like I'd be ecstatic and now like it's like oh hey MSU is gonna finish the season in the Outback Bowl hypothetically I'd be a little disappointed like what what a time to be alive here man for for us fans like not because everywhere we're projected for Rose Bowl or at the worst like maybe Citrus Bowl like oh god what
1: Great, it's, it's the uh, Vince McMahon meme, you know, where he's where he's more intrigued every yes. time. It's <laughs> yes, like, that's that's that. been the season in terms of expectations. <laughs> and they just yes. changed at light speed.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, are you able to just relish in the schadenfreude of all the excuse making that Michigan players and, and media are doing? Or since you are uh, a media member, do you not get as much enjoyment as like us slap happy fans get out of it? But like... Do, do, it's got to tickle you a little bit, right? No,
1: no, not enjoyment. I'm actually really annoyed. And I was telling, I was turning Perfect. to some people. The press box. It was just really annoying because I was like, this was such a great game. And especially right. when I rewatched it, I was like, my God, this was just a prize fight, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Watching live, I was like, hey, that was a pretty dang good game. But then I rewatched, it, I was like, whoa, you know, it was just blow after blow after blow, each side. Um, just a heck of a game. And but yeah, even before I left the press box, I was like, Sigh we're going to have to go through another year (laughs) here about officiating, determining this game. And, you know, we can't just, we can't just all come together and and tip our caps to one another and say, man, that was a hell of a game. And we would love to see something like that, you know, more years than not and everything. But, uh, that's the biggest thing. Just the annoying part is it just, it just can't be done. It's, it's got to live on for this next year with controversy Mm -hmm. and officiating and, and all that. And, you know, that didn't stick out to me in the moment. Um, I will say the Peyton Thorn re- overturn I think is the one where I could I can hear an argument on the other side just because it was called the the f- fumble on the field and I didn't think the review angle was clear and definitive 100%. I could understand like what they were going for and I get why mm-hmm. they on- overturned it but I wouldn't I wasn't expecting that to be overturned. But what was that second quarter, mid second quarter, you know, I mean, well, so.
0: it would have made the game a 14 point lead and there's no way MSU could have come back from 14 or more points. So yeah, that that would have iced the game <laughs> Never. for sure. No, no question about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's uh, the thing is just, that such a great, And you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe this is always just what it has to be, but it just, oh, I'm just annoyed that such a great game has to be remembered right, for, from half the uh, perspectives that it was, marred by referees and, and officiating and whatnot and uh so that's gonna be annoying hearing that for the for the next uh for the next 365 or whatever wherever we're at now um i did want to turn the table though maybe we should make this a thing i I usually kind of end asking you a question but uh oh, please, what, what yes. was it for you like what was the juiciest thing for you because there's a, there's a lot of meat on that bone uh, oh, God, we're just, get uh rivalry <laughs> shenanigans so what, what was the what was the thing for you that that uh you're going to remember the most
0: uh, I, people don't want to hear me drone on and on about, uh, internet fights or, or just internet, uh, bleep posting that I've been doing, but it, it has to be, uh, Ryan Osborne, uh, celebrating with it. this team with like four minutes left in the first quarter, that clown in the off season does the whole, Oh, you hate to see it when a Michigan state player doesn't get drafted. It's like, bitch, like you've hardly even been here and you haven't done anything here. And then for him to just be a complete clown and just have oh a, a gif that will keep on giving is sensational. So it's absolutely that. And then it's absolutely him running uh, with his tail between his legs and just blocking everyone that's coming at him on Twitter. So that was fantastic. Um, The whole Braylon Edwards dad calling into the local radio station over here to defend his son uh, was out of control. Like I I didn't think somehow, how is it? Okay. I, I can't even piece my mind together. Braylon Edwards has every right to be a legend in that program. He had that incredible game against Michigan state back in 2004 or five or whatever it was. How has that man's legacy completely turned into an embarrassment for that program ever since he's left that, like I I can't anyway. So it's Steven, it's it's just been great. I love it. It's just complete, complete embarrassment on their part. And that,
1: that was a, that was interesting. Yeah. And you know, his dad calls up and says, uh, you know, he brings up what he said about not knowing anybody on Michigan State's defense, and he goes, "How is that talking smack?" Well, it's like, well, right, come on, right. Right. we all know what the implication <laughs> right. was there. Like, come on, you really think we're that dumb? You know, like, so it's okay. You know, it's, this is how I settled it. You know, either either he was talking smack or he's just not good at his job of breaking <laughs> down football. Because I don't know, it's got to be one of the two. So they can pick, they can figure it out. But it's it's definitely one of those two things.
0: I'd, and end be like, oh, Stoney, I, I'm, you're lucky you're there. I'm going to beat you up. And that just hangs up, like, just all scared. And like I, was, oh, a chef's kiss on that phone call. It was fantastic. <laughs> if no one knows what I'm talking about, just go to my Twitter. You might have to do some scrolling. But there's a video of Braylon Edwards' dad calling the local radio station to stick up for his son, who made it once again just a complete ass of himself. I don't know. So, yeah, it is what it is. So, yeah. Well, Steve and I... I guess we did it, huh? We we did another episode. Massive thank you to our guy, Stephen Brooks, for once again being just very generous with his time. Uh, He's simply the man. Uh, Once again, he's got a very busy schedule, but finds a way to sneak sneak about a a half hour per week of chat with us and, uh, yeah, just letting us pick his brain about Michigan State football, and it's always a good time. So Stephen's the man, and, uh, yeah, cannot thank him enough for that. If you want more knowledge on football just outside of Michigan State, Go check out the Locked on Big Ten podcast with our guy Nate Dickinson, by the way. That's right. I know there's a lot of stuff going around about Michigan State right now, but contrary to popular belief, there are more teams in the Big Ten than just Michigan State, even though I refuse to believe that sometimes. But, yeah, Nate Dickinson, he will hold your hand. He will walk you through the rest of the Big Ten. So go check out Locked on Big Ten. All right, guys, on tomorrow's show, we will be talking with the fine folks of hammerandrails.com to start breaking down Purdue. Yeah, I know... Um. Listen, I, I'm i still high on the Michigan game, but eh, I guess we should be talking about next game eventually. So, yeah, that's what we got on tomorrow's show and then Friday's show. Yeah, I'll just give you my initial thoughts of the game. We'll break it down from the MSU side as well. And then, of course, well, best bets to ride you off into the weekend. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Love every single one of you. And thank you so much for making last week the most listened-to week in Lockdown Spartans history. You guys are the best. Love every single one of you. Go great.